Man, Lord, we thank you that Easter is coming. We thank you that we've been through this journey up to this point. Four weeks of pouring over sin, pouring over and sitting in the guilt because of that sin. And Lord, laying those at the foot of your cross. And Lord, we know that that's not the end of the story. We know that Easter is coming. And Lord, I pray that with anticipation, we step forward into this evening. And Lord, we connect with you in a way that brings fullness to life. Father, will you guide us and direct us as we go throughout the remainder of our evening. And we pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen. Man, do you not love that last song that we were just singing? That hallelujah, I'm free, I stand on. And there's all of these powerful names of Jesus, that, of who he is. You know, this evening, I'm, I find myself just exhausted. Anybody exhausted? Right? I mean, just exhausted. I mean, is anybody else not sleeping well these days? I'm not either. I just, I, I, I'm, man, I got like three hours of sleep last night. And that's not enough for this 45-year-old, apparently. Um, used to, I can handle that. But I, I need more sleep than that these days. And I find myself just exhausted. And I'm singing these, singing these words, and I'm just like, you are power, God. And the memory of Scripture, where, we're, where we are weak, God is strong. Where there's a gap in life, the Lord fills that gap. And man, it just brought so much meaning and so much fullness to just this evening where we get to just scream and yell and, and sing these praises to the Lord. And so I hope that I hope that this has been a filling time already. And I hope that we've just begun with that uh, because hopefully uh, this message will be relatively filling as well. Um, you know, anybody ever been a part of a gender reveal party before? Yeah. So how many of you are like awesome at, at choosing the gender? And then it gets revealed, and you're like, yeah, I totally guessed it every time. How many of you guys are good at that? How many of y'all are bad at that? Okay, so, so like two of you have ever been to one, apparently. So, um, so, so how many of you feel like, you know what, I do a pretty good job kind of guessing. You know, I can see like where it's riding, I can see where it's not, you know, all that kind of thing. Okay, all right, cool. Anybody, anybody really bad at it? Because I'm really bad at it. I think I'm like 04 at this point right now. I don't do a good job of gender reveal as far as like the selection of the gender. I don't know why, whatever the reason. But here's the deal. Every gender reveal party that I've been to, when the gender is actually revealed, it was the right gender that the, the child was going to be. And so have you ever been to a gender reveal party before where the gender that came out was different than the one that they were expecting to come out? Really? Yeah, you really have. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a wild deal. It's a little bit uh, of a strange thing, right? Well, that happened to this couple here. They had ordered this gender reveal kit, and uh, and they were thinking it was going to be revealing the gender of their child. And this is what came out of the box. Yes. <laughs> yes. Skittles. Taste the rainbow. I mean, here it is, right? And I mean, well, fortunately, there, there was somebody at the party that didn't know the actual gender of the child, and they were able to make it to where this couple was able to celebrate uh, this little bundle of joy boy that was on their way. You know, here's the thing. Easter's on its way. And as Easter is on its way, here's what we can be guaranteed. Unlike the gender reveal party, and also unlike many disappointments in this life that we share. Easter Sunday 
is going to actually reveal, we can actually anticipate, we can be guaranteed who comes out of that tomb, and that tomb is going to be empty, and that that is the signal for all of us, that death has been defeated, sin and shame do not have to rule our lives, hope and the future can be what God has for us, and we can experience the fullness of God in the complete restoration and redemption of our lives in relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus. You guys, this is a good news. And here we are, we've been in for four weeks now, Lent. And up to this point, we've been dealing with sin, we've been dealing with sitting in our sin, and our guilt, we've also been dealing with it from a personal level as well as a corporate level. We've been asking the Lord to forgive the church for sins of the past, we've been asking our, our, uh, to, to sit in the sins of our past and just, and just to lay those at the feet of the Lord. And we've been just sitting in that. And it's been low, and it's been hard, and, but it's been worthy of what we're doing because there is a process at play. Don't forget, we are reflecting and we are, we are mirroring Jesus in the desert for 40 days. I promise you, it wasn't just awesome for Jesus. It was challenging, it was hard. It was a, it was a, it was a labor of love. But tonight... We get to change. Jesus got to go all 40 days like this. Tonight in our Lent journey, we get to shift a bit. And we shift our focus from this sitting in sin, sitting in our guilt, to where now we anticipate. Now we're looking to Resurrection Sunday. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And we get, the, we get the privilege of anticipating Christ's saving work and the new life that is found in him. This is a good shift for us. This is a great shift for us because, man, I don't know about you, but over these last four weeks, it's hard to sit in the lows of life for that length of time. It's difficult to feel the weight of the darkness of sin. Because we're ready for Jesus to arrive, right? We're ready for Jesus to be resurrected. We're ready for new life. And it's, it's hard for us in our instantaneous, immediate gratification world, it's hard for us to sit in the hard without just moving forward. But man, we cheapen. We cheapen our faith when we do that. And so it's been an important process to do this, and here it is, Sarah Phillips, she writes this, this phrase here. Lent is a time to open the doors of our hearts a little wider and to understand our Lord a little deeper so that when Good Friday and eventually Easter comes, it's not just another day at church, but an opportunity to receive the overflowing graces that God has to offer. See, Easter Sunday can't just be another Sunday. This is the Sunday that our entire faith is built on. Everything about why we are here, what we believe, and why we believe it is built on Easter Sunday. It can't just be just another Sunday. As we anticipate from here on, man, we gotta be ready to rock and roll. We gotta be ready to do this thing because this is a time of sanctification. This is when the Lord makes you and me holy. This is when the Lord redeems us. 
wipes away all of the sin and sets us on this path that leads to life. A fullness of life, a complete life, this beautiful, beautiful reality. Man, the Lord declares you and me holy. That's something to praise. And so when we look at what we've been doing the last four weeks, we can be guaranteed if we do the process, we work the plan, lament and repentance bring an anticipation for God's work of grace and holiness to begin in our lives. And this is what Easter Sunday is all about. Some of you may have the tradition in your home that you may get a new shirt for Easter Sunday. Maybe a new pair of shoes. Maybe you get a new outfit or something like that for Easter Sunday. Do you know where this is grounded in? It's grounded from the tradition of new life. There's a freedom that comes. And whenever you, you go out and you get something and you, you wear it on that day, there's this symbol. It's not just getting a new pair of clothes. It's the symbol of what God has done in our lives. He's taken the old and he's made new. He's taken the worn out and made new. This is the work, the complete work of what God has done. And this is, this is why we do this. It's this feeling of cleanness, this excitement for the completed work of Jesus' cleansing of the sin in our lives. And so this week, we keep doing the plan. We keep doing the deal. We keep praying. We keep fasting. Keep praying. Keep fasting. We open our lives to the Holy Spirit as we anticipate Resurrection Sunday and the continuation of God to do a work of holy change in our lives. Because did you know that God's doing a work in your life right now? God's doing a work in your life right now. You know why I know that? You're here. No matter why you're here, you're here. No matter how reluctant you were to come today, no matter how excited you were to come today, no matter how in between you were to come today, you're here, which means God drew you here, which means God is doing a work in your life. There is purpose for you being drawn to this place at this time. You know how many people tell me, I can't believe the church works on a Sunday evening? I can't believe you're able to have this church on a Sunday evening. Well, it's, it's not me having a church on a Sunday evening. It's the Lord doing a holy work. It's the Lord doing something that's bigger than all of us, and that's why you're here. It's because God's doing a work in your life. God's doing a work in my life. And there's this beautiful reality to that. Tonight we get to be in the book of Philippians. So go ahead and turn there with me. Go ahead and turn. Philippians chapter 1. You know, Paul, the greatest missionary ever to, to walk the planet, um, he writes all these letters, and he starts sending them around all over. And, uh, and they were, they, the, what would happen is the churches, when they would get these letters, they would publicly read these letters to the church. And so Paul would send this letter, and he would read these letters to the church. And this was, this was understood as an authoritative letter. At first it wasn't, but it became authoritative as time went along. And so he was just encouraging the churches that he got to minister to. Some of them he started. Some of them he helped people start. And he, got these, he wrote these letters. Here's the, the beginning of the letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. Here's the letter. It says this. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always. In every prayer of mine for you, 
you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So he's taking, we're in relationship here. And this is a good relationship. The Lord's doing a good thing. And he says this right out of the gates. I'm sure of this church. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And as I stand before you today, reading Paul's words that he wrote to the church at Philippi, it is as applicable to Legacy Church as it was to the church at Philippi. And so as you hear these words, and you hear the words come out of my mouth, please hear the voice of the Lord. Because whether you question what's going on in your life or not, please hear this. He who began a good work in you. When God breathed life into you, it was good. No matter what you did with that life. Because you are here. What God is doing, the good work in you, is good. And the Lord is faithful to complete that work, which means you and me, here's the good news, we're not finished. We're not done. It's not over. We're still a work in progress. We are still being saved. We are still working out our salvation together. We're still figuring out what it means to follow Jesus. I'm just glad we get to do it together. I'm grateful that we get to do this together. You see, this church at Philippi, they've been partners with Paul and his ministry for a really long time. So they knew each other really well. And so here's Paul remembering their help because he was in prison multiple times and the church at Philippi came and cared for him. They shared in his physical needs. And then Paul got to see the church at Philippi see themselves under persecution. And when they were being persecuted, the church, they boldly proclaimed the gospel and they were a contender for the faith. And so not only were they caring for Paul, Paul was caring for them. And there was this really cool relationship that they were sharing. All the while, you can almost hear as Paul saying, he began a good work in you, and he's going to be faithful to complete it. At the same time, receiving from the church of Philippi, he began a good work in me, and is going to be faithful to complete it. You can see this relationship going back and forth. And so Paul's encouragement to the church is revealing to them, man, there's a bigger thing going on than just this. There's way more going on than you can see. Trust me. There's way more going on than you can see. Trust God. He's got you, and he's doing a good work. Right now may feel tough. He's doing a good work. Right now may feel free. He's doing a good work. You can trust him in this. It's this larger work that's going on in the lives of people. Now, also what Paul is saying in this is there's two different things that have to work in order for this complete work to be accomplished. And the first one is, on the one hand, God is responsible for completing in believers what he began. Because it's God's goal to conform any and every believer to the image of his son, Jesus. And so that's God's job, is to conform you and me into the image of Jesus. And on the other hand, it's the believer's responsibility to cooperate with God. It's our responsibility to cooperate with God so that the work can be made complete. One without the other, it hijacks the whole process. And so we got to make sure that we are 
working with God as God is completing that work in us. Here's what I kind of mean by that. Does anybody like chocolate milk? Man, right? Chocolate milk is good. So here's my question to you today. So whenever you think about chocolate milk, anybody like a lot of chocolate in your chocolate milk? Oh, yes, me too. Anybody like just a little bit of chocolate, just a hint? No, gosh. What is wrong with people that only want just a hint of chocolate in their chocolate milk? That's crazy. So here's my question to you today. Is it possible to have chocolate in your milk without having chocolate milk? Absolutely it is, right? Absolutely it's possible to have chocolate in your milk without having chocolate milk. You know you want this one, don't you? You know you want this chocolate milk. Man, see, because look there, you can get chocolate in your milk, but that ain't chocolate milk, that's nasty. Not to mention, this milk's been sitting out for about five hours this afternoon. So that's gross. So you can have milk and chocolate, but that ain't chocolate milk. What's it take to make chocolate milk? You got to stir it. You got to stir the thing, right? As soon as you stir it, oh my goodness, dear Lord, this is going to be, oh, look at that. Let me put it this way. Jesus is alive and well in this person. You know what I'm saying? Look here. You can have Jesus a part of your life without the complete work of what God wants to do in you. It is totally possible to have life. And man, you got Jesus in there. But you know what it takes in order for Jesus to complete the work in your life? It's the stirring of the Spirit. You gotta have the stirring of the spirit in you. And when you do, it's thick and scrumptious and sweet and tasty and yummy and wonderful. Because that's what it's like to live life with Jesus. Even when life is hard, it's sweet when the spirit stirs your soul. When Jesus comes alive and well because he's not just not just your, your fire insurance, you know what I mean? But where you get to actually live life, heaven on earth, in the here and now, not having to wait for heaven. That's what God wants for you and me. And he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it when you cooperate. When you let the Spirit stir in you and let Jesus permeate your entire being to cover all of your heart, not just a little bit of it here and there, but we give it all to the Lord. Y'all, God's doing a work in you. God wants to make some chocolate milk. He wants to make chocolate milk in you. You gonna let him? Yeah. Yeah, right? Let's let the Lord do this. This is the entire Lent season purpose. Zip. The whole purpose of the Lent season is that we go through all this yuck, all this low, all this hard, all this ill to get to where we are now. But we can't stop now, can we? We don't stop now because Easter's coming. Resurrection Sunday is coming. And it is unlike any other Sunday of the year. 
And it's cause for celebration. It's cause for anticipation. And we can be guaranteed, guess what happens on Easter Sunday? The tomb will still be empty. Right? The tomb will still be empty. And there is good news for you and me because that means there's still a chance for you and me. There's still a chance for God to complete the work that God longs to do in you. Y'all, lament and repentance, it brings a stirring in us. That's why we've been doing what we've been doing. It brings a stirring anticipation for God's work of grace and God's work of holiness that he wants to do in your life to begin. That's why, that's why Paul says to the church, I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Y'all, God is doing a good work in you. God will complete that work. He's always faithful to complete it. I just hope that you can see it. I hope that you're anticipating it. I hope that you're looking forward to this fullness, this completeness, this maturity to where you're not lacking of anything. We've got to go through the yuck to get there, but we'll get there. God will bring us through the yuck, and God will restore, and God will redeem, but will you allow it? Will you allow the full process, or are you going to quit in the middle? Because it just gets too hard. Allow God to do the full process. Allow God to do God's full work in you because hope is on the way. Resurrection Sunday is in two weeks. And so here, let's do this. On your seats, you've got some QR codes, all right? On the screen, you've got some QR codes. If you're interested in the one on the right, scan the code on the right. If you're interested in the one on the left, scan the code on the left. This is for your lock screen, for your phone, for you to be reminded that we are anticipating Easter. And he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. We are in a process. We want God to do God's greatest work in us. And so go ahead, scan those things, scan the one in the, in the seats nearby you. Let these images encourage you as you continue to fast and pray in anticipation for Resurrection Sunday. But here's my question before we finish tonight. Who are you going to share this hope with this Easter? Who are you going to share this hope with? Because, man, y'all, I'm pretty jazzed about Easter. I think as we've been going through Lent, as we're moving, I think we're moving with anticipation towards Easter. The question is, are we just going to enjoy it just us? Are we going to enjoy it just us? Or are we planning to share the hope that we have with somebody? Because you know what? There's a lot of people that walk this earth that don't have the hope of Jesus in them. And they need Jesus. They're good people, wonderful people. They're chasing a dream that doesn't exist. But Jesus is real. Jesus does exist, and Jesus does bring the real fullness of life to others. And so who are you going to share this hope with? Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring? Let's just make sure that we're, let's make sure that we share the reason for the hope that we have and what we're anticipating happening on Easter Sunday. Y'all pray with me. Father, we, we love you. And Lord, we know that you've got our best interest in mind. And we know that, Lord, as we sit here, we know we've been through this process. We, many of us in this room have already prayed to receive you. This completed work has already been done that Jesus is in us. Lord, would you help us to experience the fullness of it? Would you stir in us so that Jesus permeates everything 
in our bodies, everything, in our, our minds, everything, in our spirit, and through the core of who we are. We are invested. We are sold out. We are all in on Jesus. And then, Lord, will you help us know how to share it? That it's not just something that we hang on to ourselves. We get to share it with somebody that, man, we've been friends a long time. We've been having these conversations. And now it's time. And so, Lord, will you, will you give us those divine appointments? We get to have those conversations with people. And, Lord, as a result, Lord, there, there's a new life. And, Lord, the, there's this, this newness that's beginning in their lives that you're faithful to complete the good work. But Lord, we know it starts with us. And so Lord, will you help us to welcome your stirring of our souls? Thank you, Lord. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.